0: ladies and gentlemen it's 2011 a year that has somewhat become a bit eh, when you think about it I mean it wasn't 2010 it wasn't 2008 it wasn't 2012 it was just 2011 but a momentous thing happened that year and that was the solidification of the Fast and the Furious franchise into the ridiculously over-the-top superhero, extreme adventure, heisty, spy, chasey movie superhero complete with Dwayne the Rock Johnson behemoth that it would become. It set the tone for the rest of the decade. The 2010s began in this moment. But who am I, you ask? I'm Natalie Bohensky, and this is Raven On, a Raven On podcast subsection analytical thingy where we are dissecting in minutiae the Fast and the Furious franchise. So we take a a pop culture item and we go through every sort of film associated with it and we drill down into what makes it great or not so great. Oh, the movie's Fast Five, by the way, I don't think I said that. Fast Five, it's been a while since we recorded, you can tell. With me, as always, is a man whose arms are so beefy that he cannot walk with them next to his body. It's Stuart Light.
1: Hello, Natalie. Hello, everyone. Yes, it's uh, condition. I, I actually uh, try to
0: get them down, but they just can't. They can't move. They can't move. It's Popeye the Sailor Man. It's Absolutely. Your all of your arms are bulging so much you have to walk like Jesus. Just they're out. That's it. Side to side, like just, I'm carrying
1: around two sacks of walnuts, just glistening right. in the sun.
0: Massive, massive bags of onions just popping out <laughs> from your upper torso. I mean, it's got to be a, it's got to be tough, Stew, to be that beefy.
1: It it's I certainly, mean, I, it, it looks tough. It looks, it looks unpleasant to be that because, large.
0: Because no matter how many t-shirts you put on, Stew, they are just like sprayed onto your body. <laughs> It's like like, it's
1: like you've got yeah. It's like you've got you're in one of those like t-shirt wearing competitions where they put on like fifty t-shirts, and by the end you're just in this giant t-shirt. Yeah, and you can't you you can't get t-shirts big enough. It's crazy.
0: It's a body painted t-shirt because they can't find one that actually fits your (laughs) rippling delts and biceps and other associated arm muscles that I had to
1: develop spray on cotton.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Yes, we are so happy and excited to be back recording with you because it has been a little while because my man here, Stu, has been a touch uh, under the weather, but we are back and super excited because joining us for this movie is a sophisticated film critic, a man with a podcast that was so successful at reviewing proper films (laughs) that they released a book of it. A genuine printed book that you can buy. A sophisticated, erudite, intelligent film buff who has agreed to come on and talk about this big, dumb, stupid, awesome <laughs> action movie. From London, please welcome Tom Solinsky.
2: Hello, happy Yay. to be here. And to be absolutely clear, I do not come to sneer at this film. I come to celebrate it oh, and everything sorry. it stands for. I'm
0: absolutely. sorry, I'm sorry if I didn't make that clear. What I'm saying is that even the even like the 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 smart film buffs appreciate this film. That's what I'm trying to say. Sorry if that sounded snide. No, no uh, just, uh, just <laughs> a point of
2: clarification.
0: I want to find out exactly why this film works on uh, so many levels. When, to be honest with you, Stu, and I think you would agree with me, I was getting a little bored with this franchise. It, it's
1: a, it's a hard slog up to four. I will I will say that. But there's interesting stuff in there. Like the the first movie has its own charm. Too fast, too furious is weird. Tokyo Drift is bonkers. But then you hit Fast and Furious, the fourth one, and it, and that is a real tough watch. It's kind like, is of this, dull. Is this it? Is, is this all they're going to do now? And then this movie comes along, Natalie. <laughs> And
0: then so this movie you, comes along. Do you know much I
2: also think back- that you guys oh. were so down on Fast and Furious, I have to say, because I thought, God, if Natalie doesn't like the direction that this <laughs> thing is in, then uh, the, the back half of this podcast is going to be a real slog. <laughs> uh, and I certainly think, um, yeah, I mean, two and three, three for me is the kind of Halloween three season of the witch. Yes. Uh, <laughs> This franchise uh, it just doesn't fit with the others in any meaningful way but I can definitely see Fast and Furious as the necessary transition film between the first two say and this one and oh, the they, had, they had to retool the franchise, and 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 that's the vegetables
1: that we had to eat to get to this beautiful dessert.
0: <laughs> yes, like like the rock says in this movie. Now give me my damn veggies.
2: I <laughs> oh, check in. The Fast Five is is a, a hit as far as Behensky Towers is concerned.
0: Listen, <laughs> the fact that I got to the end of the movie and then had to think about the beginning of the movie, where they're in this mad, crazy, rambling four wheel drive truck ramp thing riding up next to a train sliding cars off trains onto this ramp putting them down into the desert flying off crashing the train the, the truck into the train then the train slightly goes off the rails but not really but goes across a, a bridge but then they go Vin Diesel and Paul Walker go off a cliff and surely to their deaths fall out of the car but you know they're men so there's no Thelma and Louise bullshit no. here it is <laughs> it is Men get to live. They just kind of spring out of this car that's plunging towards a dam. Out they fly and then they just pop into the water, burst out, totally fine. Not a problem. No water in the nose, no colossal wedgie from the force of hitting a, you know, feet first. Just they're fine. And I went okay. The fact that I had to remember and go that was this movie. I've travelled so far, and I have to think back <laughs> and go, wait.
2: It took you on such a journey. It
0: took me on such a journey that I was like, wait, that crazy stunt was just the start of this movie.
2: The movie starts basically where the previous one leaves off. Yes, um, <laughs> at the end of the previous one, we get a spring dom, and then that's exactly where we pick up.
0: I did notice that in the, at the end of the fourth movie they didn't do the whole truck. They just kind of showed the cars arrive on the scene and you're led to believe, oh, they springed on, but they don't show the bus being tripped and flipped over multiple times, Harrison Ford in the fugitive style. Uh, but season the, number five obviously got the money and they're like, look, we've got a spare couple of mil. Let's just do the bus flip. Let's just give that a bit of extra... You know, we didn't actually do it. We didn't have the money in film four. Let, now we've got the money. We've got an extra 10 mil. Let's just get a bus on some hydraulics and fire it off. And, like, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that somebody got an extra stack of money and went <laughs> sky's the limit. This could be our last one. So let's just balls to the wall this. And I respect that, guys. I respect <laughs> the vision. Well,
1: I mean, I mean the, inter- the interesting thing about this, and you, you might know a bit about this as well, Tom, but, I mean, like, at, at this point in the franchise, they were very clear that this was going to be, an ongoing concern. They, They had figured things out. They'd figured out that if we want to continue this, it can't be about street racing anymore. It'll still be about cars, but the last one was very heavy on street racing and that was a sort of a critical dud, even though it was a commercial success, but it was the lowest commercial success that had been so far. So at this point, they were like, okay, what if... <laughs> they're just a bunch of international criminals who happen to use cars you know to, to carry out their crimes but they're good Look, criminals too they're good criminals exactly they're all here they're all criminals with a heart of gold so yeah it, it, like this this movie i think the last movie they were trying to figure out how do we make this work long term this movie yeah. they crack it and Oof. and just amazing Four was
2: a success. I think it's only three is the three is the one yeah. that uh, that was a disappointment. Uh, but yeah, four is where they where they kind of go. Uh, okay, what what could this be? Yes, exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's not be let's not be you know, too tied down by by what it was or or even what it is. <laughs> let's just think about what it what it might be. And there's an awful lot of retconning going on here. Uh, an awful lot of characters, oh. familiar characters who turn up don't really sound an awful lot like they did when we were first introduced (laughs) to them because they have a different role to fulfil now. Yes. Uh, But it's still kind of tapping into that nostalgia. Remember this guy? No, not really. Okay, good, never mind. (laughs) Let's just...
0: I love the way in this film, because I was um, thinking about Mia, beautiful Mia Toretto, Dom's sister, precious, precious lady, must be protected at all costs. (laughs) And how in the first movie, she was literally serving cookies at a cafe and yes. Dom was in the shop tooling around on cars, mm-hmm. and now she's like master hacker. Like, yeah. I'm logged in. I'm falling. Go this way. Turn right. You've got a 10-second window. Go this way. And they're here, and they're on us, and they're on your tail. And it's like, when did she get so good at all, all that? <laughs> when did she, did she do a course?
1: Uh, between movies. Movie? When they, between, yeah, she did, she did a safe course.
0: Uh, but then, now, international, like Ludacris was sort of a guy who, who – Fiddled with cars. Now he's like a, a safe breaker, and so they've all just got. Apart from and also,
1: they, they all seem to have leveled up in terms of like the level of crime that they're associated with. If that makes sense, like these were all very low rent guys, like in, the, in their original <laughs> movies, and suddenly they're stepping off planes like they're like each individual one is like the boss of some sort of crime cartel. It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah,
0: They've got fake passports and fake IDs, and yes, they, they cross
1: borders with the greatest of ease they have yeah. no trouble just like <laughs> flitting from country to country.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Except from The Rock, of course, and I'm sure yeah, exactly.
1: Oh, yeah. oh we'll my get goodness, to yes, we'll him. talk about him.
0: So, uh, yeah. So, what? So, how did The Rock get involved? Do either of you know what? What sort of brought that on?
1: It, it was literally it was literally inevitable. I think like like he basically his his star was was ascending at that at that time. He was becoming a, a bona fide mu- movie star, uh, and he wanted to be involved. And they and they were like, he is the one. He's the one sort of person they could set against Dom and the crew who could be a credible threat, you know, like, like, but it's telling that they make him not, he's not the, he's not the the bad guy per se. He's this weird uh, Javert figure sort of caught in the middle <laughs> <laughs> where he, he's not the, he's not the cartel guy. He's not the criminal. He's the, he's the police officer caught in the middle going, wait, I kind of like these guys. I think they're okay, but also they're going to steal a lot of money. Well, he can oh,
0: recognize. he can recognise eventually that they have an honour system. Yes, know? exactly. Yeah, they live by <laughs> yeah.
1: code.
0: He has an honour system.
2: I uh, think I was first alerted to the existence of this franchise and first kind of began to wonder whether this might actually be any good, good or not uh, from a review in Empire magazine, which I could almost word for word recall the opening lines of, and I pulled it up just to make sure that I was accurate. It was written by Nick DeSemblin. And he asks, how to reignite an ageing franchise? Drop the rock on it. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing by far in Fast Five, a.k.a. Fast and Furious Five, a.k.a. Fast Rio Heist, a.k.a. Who cares as long as things go fast? <laughs> <laughs> Hulk's through the movie, leaving testosterone trails in his wake. Amazing.
0: That is, yes, that is incredibly well captured. Um, <laughs> I, when he first gets off the plane, we should probably get to our minute challenge. But when The Rock first, like the, the cargo doors on this plane yes. that lands in Rio, uh, open up and he strides out like he's just been switched on, like he's been standing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Like, he's, 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 like he's, he's arrived in a Terminator sphere. Like, yeah,
0: no, no, no. but like, you know, you know when you see a G.I. Joe doll in the in the plastic wrapping, like, and they just yes, kind of yeah. pose, the, the posable arms have just been posed like, Hur! and he's like been standing at the back of the plane waiting for these doors to open. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden he's activated by fresh air and he just goes strolling out. And he's like mid-sentence already going, I want a so-and-so lead on this. I wanted this and this. I can't even, I can't even say what he was saying because it's like, like credit to the rock for being able to take that dialogue and just be able to throw it out like no nonsense. Do you,
1: know, do you know what though? You know, you know what I will say. I, and maybe we, we can maybe get into this a little bit later. But I will just I will just plant this flag. He's acting in this. Like he's actually he's actually trying his little heart out because I, yeah. I have seen a fair bit of rock based entertainment in my time, and like <laughs> there are things that he very much is just playing himself. And he's not really doing that here. He's playing a character. I, I, I have to give him that. He he came, he showed up. He showed up and he's yeah. actually acting. It helps Is he acting he's- well? I don't, I, I, I wouldn't hazard to say, but, you know,
2: he's actually trying.
0: I think for the context of this movie, he's doing a great job. He's doing an
1: incredible job.
0: But I do think
2: that the that he needed the franchise as much as the franchise needed him. They're a great fit. Uh, But actually, you look at the movies that he'd been making before now. Uh, Like in 2010, uh, one of his biggest movies was the Tooth Fairy. Yes, Uh, it's a small part in the other guys. Uh, He's in the remake of um, Race to Witch Mountain. You know, his career is not taking off the way it did after this. Uh, yeah. So I think he enormously benefits from his presence, but I think he enormously benefits from being a part of this franchise as well. Absolutely. Yeah. His career was very specifically
1: wrestler turned movie star. Yeah. Um, he, he was on that trajectory, the same as like, you know, he was on the exact same trajectory as like someone like Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Uh, whereas he obviously wanted to do more uh, and this, this this movie kind of opened it up for him.
0: It, it feels very much like an Arnold Schwarzenegger turn, like this A film. little bit, a little bit just moving into what does he do best he does like um i guess like a not like he 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 literally is the physical manifestation of that tank that he drives around (laughs) (laughs) it's the best way i can describe it he just powers through scenes powers through walls powers through other actors just uh, just a colossal kind of freight train just like uh and it's you know, as as you said, or as as that reviewer said, it's it really elevates the film, and it adds in this third, um, you know. So there's a triangle, of, a third of,
1: heat to quote Jack Donaghy.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a triangle of sort of there's the definite bad guy, the definite good guys who are kind of bad guys, and then the Rock who's like a bad guy but a good guy, and you know, shifting. So yeah, and then and then when they get to the point where there's an ambush, and then all of a sudden they start to you know work together it's so satisfying
1: it's
0: just the rock you hear, you know everyone going well it's over dom we can't we've got to run we've got to get out of here we can't do it now we can't do the job now dom we got to go dom we go we all got to go and he's like you're free to make your own choices <laughs> and, and then and he turns his back and then you just hear oh i'm in turns to the rock and he goes i'll ride with you Toretto." <laughs> <laughs> you like, yeah. <laughs> they were just fighting before. Now they might actually kiss. Did I say that aloud?
1: Um <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the sexual chemistry between The Rock
2: and, and Dominic Toretto is um off the charts.
0: Is, right is, is, this,
2: is this an urban myth, did I read this somewhere, that both Vin Diesel and The Rock had it in their contract that they couldn't lose a fight? Yes, absolutely. Uh, certainly in later films, and you can see in this one that
1: the, that, the fight between them is very carefully choreographed <laughs> and in the draw. Yes.
0: I thought that, yeah, because, yeah. It's very equally balanced. When The Rock's on the hop, Vin Diesel has a slight upper hand, but then it shifts. It's constantly back and forth. They're both beefy, yeah. uh, and just to get to, to to preview the minute challenge, or we can start mine. Mine literally starts with so beefy, so much meat, <laughs> 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 and, uh, and I'm not talking about the cookout because <laughs> uh, yeah, they're just again Vin Diesel body body hugging shirt, The Rock body hugging shirt. Just these, mu- and it's a different kind of because. You know, you see the superheroes and superhero movies Mm. are constantly at it. Captain America and Thor and Iron Man, and but there is sort of this costume barrier, I guess, in the way of of all the the full on. You you, occasionally see some of Chris Hemsworth's pecs or something, but or or biceps, but mostly they're in costume and it's a lot of CGI. Whereas this is two big guys, and you can see the sweat pouring off them. I was going to
1: say that they are glistening.
0: Yeah, just just so. Sweaty and, and <laughs> like, I, I, I couldn't get that image out of my mind of like just two massive T-bone steaks being slapped together. <laughs> <laughs> douche, 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 And I, look, I'm not a vegetarian, so I'm all for it. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so so that's why the. And I think does he continue then in every film from now on?
2: Uh, What's the rule yeah, on sports? He, he, he definitely,
0: studio. he
1: definitely, he definitely continues on. We, we, we. He's in, he's in future films. Absolutely. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think, act well, Stu has a, a sort of a, a general rule, Tom, in terms of spoilers of me going, but what about, I mean, surely they can't be dead. And he'll just go, I, who knows, Natalie, who knows? <laughs>
2: you, you watched to the end of the credits.
0: Yes, we did. Okay, uh, good. just checking. Yes, I, I certainly did watch to the end of the credits. <laughs> Quite an
1: important uh, post credit scene in this one. Quite
0: an important post credit scene, which I'm sure we'll get to, and also Eva Mendes randomly. Um, so I assume she's in one. <laughs> <coming up. laughs> uh, well, do we want to get, uh, Tom, well, you said, is that is that review why you got into this franchise?
2: It was a couple of things. So uh, for a while I would see posters for these what looked like incredibly stupid movies, uh, <laughs> like uh, walking around London or going on the tube. And then uh, that review just sort of tickled something in my brain and then, I think it wasn't until I actually saw, it wasn't even a trailer, it was a clip from the seventh film. Mm. And I thought, that actually looks like it's a really good blend of, like, fun, action. It doesn't seem like... I, what, what I think is brilliant about Five in particular is locating that sweet spot between that couldn't actually happen, but in the moment, I believe it could. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's, it's pure fantasy. And you cannot, and I want to be 100% clear about this, drive a four-tonne safe downstreet. In any way. Uh, But they make you believe it because it's been shot and planned and executed with such care and such, you know, elan, such flair. Yeah. Um, I heard a different critic, um, Mark Kermode, uh, on a podcast just the other day talking about John Wick. And saying, as far as he's concerned, saying that the John Wick films are not realistic profoundly misses the point. Yes. (laughs) It's like watching a musical and saying, well, where's the music coming from? And why are these people... How come they all know the dance moves? That's just... What you buy into, you buy into that the physics in this world isn't exactly the same as the physics that you're used to uh, and that what look like uh, things that should be causing horrifying injuries actually result in zero casualties. Yes. And that's just the conceit. That's just the rules that these films operate by. Now, that's right. as that is- we go on, and again, no spoilers, the need to continue to up the ante yes. will result in that target being missed or <laughs> Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, so I, I saw a clip of of uh, a bit of Seven, and I thought, I think I'm going to watch that in the cinema. And then I thought, before I do that, I should probably watch One to Six, which I did over about three days. Oh, wow. That's, how, how you, that,
1: that, that's really interesting, because that, that's a similar journey to what we've been on. Did you sort of hit three and four and sort of go, what am I doing? Like, is this worth it?
2: Uh, I, I had such a clear... Uh, like Lodestar, such a clear lighthouse blinking <laughs> way uh, but you see, I, my reaction to 4 was so different from yours, I remember watching 4 and going, oh this is, this is where we're getting into the good stuff now having oh. found 3 completely baffling <laughs> <laughs> like, what, like almost like, did I, did I put the wrong disc in, like what the hell is going on here
0: <laughs> but Vince, Easel all turned up at the end so you must have you put did, the right yes. The right yes. city and, uh, in that same car, which I think it's wrecked again in this film. Is that right, or am I?
2: Yes, that, um, that car is always being wrecked and rebuilt. the cars to your brother. I have no clue. <laughs> I can't even remember what cars they are. Sorry about that.
0: No, no, that's okay. It, it, Vin Diesel has like an American muscle car, like a big holding. He's got his
1: signature Dodge Charger, I think, yeah, the, 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 Charger, black, the black right.
0: car with the big, the big engine. And it seems to get wrecked in every film, but then miraculously <laughs> turns <laughs> up okay. <laughs> Um, well, should we get into our minute challenge? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And
1: you've, you've started, so you may as well continue.
0: Continue uh, with mine. Um, so, yes, I've written So Beefy, So Much Meat, <laughs> Vin and the Rock cl- clashing like mighty boulders thrusting. Um, <laughs> I mentioned the rock Jesus. Walking. He, he has a really good turn of phrase. He says these lines of dialogue that are so cheesy, <laughs> but he gets away with it like when the, one of his you know people, his team, uh, comes up and says, Oh, we've got good news and bad news. And he says, You know I like my dessert first. And so he tells him, <laughs> the, <laughs> tells him the good news. And then he says, Now give me my dad, veggies. And it's so like they're such cheesy lines, but they just seem to work with him. They just there, there just, was
1: there was one line that felt like it was directly out of like, you know, like a like a, a program designed to write a script, which was literally, um, and whatever you do stay out of my way. Yeah. I was stay like oh, okay. sure that I'm one's a
0: bit rough. But I'm pretty, <laughs> pretty sure to it, was, it. it. was two things. It's like what do you need from us? And he's like two things. I need an interpreter. We've lots of experienced people. I want this woman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and what's the second thing? Stay the fuck out of my way. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> but he does have the line of the, he does have the line of the series and it's it's the uh, it's the, the the key to unlocking the entire series Natalie and he says it on screen. Whatever you do, don't let them get into cars. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that's
0: really—it's like that's like Hannibal Lecter, isn't it? Don't give him the don't give him any kind of tool that they can use. Um, yeah. Ah, oh, very good. Um, next on my list was Gal Gadot has a weird butt.
1: Um, <laughs> yes, and when we get a good look at it,
0: yeah, a, a gratuitously good look at because she's. This is the thing. I'm not used to this Gal Gadot. I'm used to Wonder Woman, where she's like muscly, where she's
1: she's like toned up, absolutely. Yeah, she's
0: like because I read somewhere that she'd put on like a fair bit of muscle, like you know, gained a bit of weight, put on a lot of muscle, and I was like, yeah, but where? And then seeing this film, I'm like, holy shit, I can see (laughs) how that works now because she's so skint. Now, I don't mean this to sound all jealous and stuff, but then, I mean, look, I love, I love, I kind of, I kind of dig the whole you know, don't send a boy to do a woman's job, throws off her wrap, struts up to the bad guys with his surrounded by bodyguards, just being all sexy and all of a sudden gets the handprint on the bum that will unlock the vault. It's the
1: genius of these movies, Natalie. (laughs) Honestly, and I mean that both jokingly and sincerely because they get to have a gratuitous ass shot of of Gal Gadot. (laughs) But it also is essential to the plot. Like,
0: it's genius. It's absolute genius. I can't can't praise it it
1: highly enough. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's, it's it's Shakespearean levels yes, of, yes. Of, of plotting. Um, you know, we need yeah, but it's just the bikini they put her in was weirdly unflattering, or and it's this weird kind of butt shifting up and down. I was like, we are seeing this is going on for a while.
2: <laughs> yeah, presumably the bikini bottoms had to be sufficiently uh, capacious to accommodate a man sized hand. Yes. Uh, yes. while at the same time being sufficiently skimpy to accentuate Gal Gadot's charms. Uh, and that's a, that's a small target to hit for a costume designer, I imagine.
0: And the thing is, though, is that in the car scene, because I, I love what you were saying about how this movie kind of says, well, we, they just aren't going to do any car r- street racing. You know, we can't have them being street racers. But of course, they need to kind of pay tribute to that origin. Hmm. What I love is when they do go to the street racing to find some some cars. They go to the local street racing meetup, yep. uh, and then they just they challenge to a to a duel essentially, and then they just pull into their home base with the new cars. It's yeah. just just taken it as, as as taken
1: as red. They absolutely won that <laughs> and convinced. That's right
0: because we've spent the last four movies seeing illegal street races. We we know so how he, good he, they he are. They won. We <laughs> know that they're going to win. Skip all that. Um, It was great. But when they got to the meeting, there's literally just girls wearing skirts because I joked about Tokyo Drift that, you know, girls are just wearing belts. In this one, they're not even wearing belts. They're wearing... (laughs) they are wearing dresses that don't even cover their ass, and they're just walking past cars, and it's just like gratuitous buttock shots. So Gal Gadot comparatively is wearing quite a conservative swimsuit compared to that. It's it's really unbelievable how many girls just are like hanging out looking at cars in in flimsy bits of fabric. I mean, I know it's very warm in Rio, <laughs> um, and Brazilians are obviously very well known for their um, butts and and famously uh, know, the Brazilian wax and you know, there's a lot of maintenance and tidiness in that area down there. But <laughs> yeah, it's quite it's quite full on. I think I'd be very nervous going to Brazil because of the the high standard of, of buttock, um, you know, action. Uh, <laughs> yes. next, on, um, next on my list was: Does Brian do much in this film? Really? Like, does Brian? I mean, Brian, he Brian's
1: there. Brian's Brian's also there.
0: He, he drives. Uh, he. He, he drives a bit, but the others all seem to have kind of a role and Brian's is sort of like, oh, I have a, a cop badge that you can use to pretend to be a cop. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I guess
2: Moss gets kind of retrofitted with an appropriate superpower, but we've just seen a little bit too much of Bland Brian to mm. buy him as anything other than Bland Brian. Uh, yeah. So he's just, uh, he's just like a, a friendly face. You can like bounce ideas off him. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's good for moral support. Go team. <laughs> uh, but uh, his, yeah, his, as, personal,
0: his personal you know, journey is oh, my girlfriend's knocked up. Uh, I'm going to have to be responsible and be a dad now. So, yes, <laughs> let's undertake this huge multi million dollar heist. But again, it's, it's
2: such a weird franchise because of the weird way in which it started. With uh, there's there's Apart from uh, Dom's appearance at the end of three, those first three movies, they, they, they don't have, there's, there's almost no overlap in the Venn diagram of the cast. Hmm. And so what that means is weirdly, oh, it turns out everyone's expendable. You could actually make a perfectly good Fast and Furious movie almost no matter who says no, not this time. Yeah.
0: True. Yes.
2: Although wonderfully, everyone minute. said yes this time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is the one where everyone said yes, apart well, presumably from uh, from uh, um, uh, Letty. Uh, yes. That, yes. Exactly.
0: That is next on my list. Is literally, I love bits in movies or TV shows where they're like. We're gonna need a team, and then there's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then there's the montage of who do we need? Like, well, we got that, and there's a shot of them at the airport, and it's like, oh, it's like, like what you were just saying, Tom, about the recognizing the familiar faces. But I love the whole, we're gonna do one last job. We're gonna need a team. Like, mm-hmm. ah, of course you need a team. And
1: as I was watching it this time, I, I thought, oh, it's it's like it's like Ocean's Eleven, but but it's almost better than Ocean's Eleven because when you watch Ocean's Eleven you don't know those characters. Like, you know their archetypes and things like that, but you you don't know them. Whereas in this one, there's that thrill of recognition. You're like, oh, it's Tej. It's it's, it's ludicrous. Like, he's back. Like, you know, all these people are coming back. It's great.
0: I I do question, though, because I have a note about Han, and I know there's some continuity, uh, c- continuity issues <laughs> with Han having been killed off in brackets, killed off, no, in quotation marks, killed off in <laughs> uh, movie three. He died in a car crash, Natalie. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) But he's alive in four and he's alive in this one.
1: This is all set before Tokyo
2: Drift. This is the weird (laughs) contortions that the series has to turn itself into. Remember, as you watch people using mobile phones and so on, all of these films are set prior to 2006.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And my my other point is, my other point to you is, so they, they do this heist, which we'll get to, but just know they do a heist. They're successful. Great. So they each get several millions of dollars. Yes. Han at the end is snogging Gal Gadot in a. She's he's driving. She's in the front seat on his lap, kissing him while he's driving. Like very unsafe driver behaviour. But put that aside. <laughs> oh, the
2: basic is unsafe.
0: Sorry. That, that's,
2: that's where that only draws the line. <laughs> <laughs> that's where you where you it, went. I think highway cop have something to say about this this behaviour
0: yeah because they're supposed to be driving stunts cars really high but they're concentrating when they're doing that you don't have one <laughs> woman on their lap going the grope like that's not responsible behavior and also it's a tad like it's weirdly male fetishy cuz she's been kind of this cool she does her own thing she's ex mossad she's really cool she handles guns she knows and then all of a sudden she's just arm candy lap candy snogging you in you <laughs> I'm a bit fantasy there. But anyway, that aside, <laughs> he, he they're like, where to next? It's like, I don't know, Spain. I thought you wanted to go to Tokyo. Eventually. We'll get there eventually.
1: <laughs> we'll get there so eventually. You're,
0: you're telling me, you're telling me that at some point after, you know, scoring himself millions of dollars and a banging hot lady, Han goes, you know what I need to do? I need to go to Tokyo and hang out with a bunch of 20-year-olds in a car park.
1: <laughs> mm, yes. And again, this is what I'm saying. Like, this is the, the the weird pretzel knots that this series has to contort itself into because they just really liked Sun Kang's Han and they wanted to bring him back a bunch of times.
0: But just say he didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> just say. I don't,
2: is it film eight or film nine where they finally address this? Uh, it's it's a- film nine, I think. Film nine. Yeah. I think they. Well, finally we
0: can't talk about Christ, it because yes. because who knows, Natalie? Who knows? <laughs>
1: Film nine, they they finally uh, um, uh, slice through that Gordian knot.
0: Because <laughs> I was just, just like, in, in, in number three, he's hanging out in a hoodie in a car park yeah. with a bunch of 18 to 20-year-olds, small-time crimers, mm. s- scoring points, you know, off dodgy deals, making a hundred, couple of hundred bucks here and there. It's like, dude, you're a multimillionaire. What are you doing? <laughs> no. Are you like the Fonz just hanging out with high school kids?
2: Do you remember the story about George Rufft?
0: Uh, I know the actor George Raft from Some Like yeah, It Hot. So, uh,
2: exactly. So, yeah, he, he'd been in all these movies. He'd made a fortune. But when uh, gangster movies stopped being a thing, he stopped getting work. Uh, and a journalist tracked him down and in his old age to discover he was penniless and asked, uh, what happened to the money you made from all those movies? And he said, well, some of it I uh, blew on uh, drink and women and the rest I just wasted.
0: Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, Brilliant. Um, did that help him reverse his fortunes?
2: <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and may have you know he, he may be a man of expensive appetites, uh, and uh, so he may be rebuilding himself in Tokyo in Drift. Tokyo. Who knows?
0: <laughs> with the uh, dodgy flip phones, <laughs> <instead of, laughs> yeah, the technology in 2011 is so because what well, was 2006 was Tokyo Drift. The techno- technological jump was. Quite it is. Pivotal. It is crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Because you're talking about, you know, I went overseas in 2006, and I had a small, dodgy old phone that I would only use on occasions to call someone if I needed to. It had no, you know, this is. Oh, I think I had. I uh, by 2008, I took a laptop with me and could use Wi-Fi. So right. 2006, I had a, a a digital camera, but still went to internet. Um, cafes by 2008 mm-hmm. there were no more internet cafes because wi-fi existed um and the iphone existed so you're talking like about four of the most significant five of the most significant <laughs> years <in> technological <laughs> advance just happened to be the five years that they're <laughs> filling in the gaps there anyway i shouldn't talk too much about that because then someone will bring up like well is james bond a code name or is it like supposed <laughs> to believe it's one guy has he been alive through all this time so yeah, you know, I don't want to get on the wrong side of that argument. Um, but yes, get a team. Uh, wouldn't police? Wouldn't police here? Um, so much cash. Wouldn't police here? What did I write that for? Oh, I think <laughs> they, so. They they steal some cop cars um, because they need invisible. They spend all this time racing cars around a mock track because they have to get it past a a camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they realise, hang on, if we just get cop cars, they can go past the camera and no one will notice. Uh, let's get yeah, some there's a, there. there's
2: a lot of busy work uh, in the middle Why of much this film. busy work? Uh, because
0: in the uh, end and the will
2: planet- Yeah, we'll just, we'll just a- attach a, a big hook and drag the fucking thing out of the wall. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah we'll, get, we'll get the Rock's tank to just barrel in and break <laughs> down the wall and then we'll just hook it and take it out and not give a shit because the Rock's got <laughs> 17 machine guns strapped to his thighs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think they, go, they They steal four cop cars and decide to have an illegal street race in cop cars. But they're using the cop cars comms devices to go, hey, how about a quarter mil? How about a quarter mile? Yeah, how about we've mm. bet $100,000? Wouldn't other cops hear that? Wouldn't they be on a secure cop channel? And wouldn't other cops go, hey, that sounds like those guys we're looking for? <laughs>
1: sure. I mean, yes, absolutely they would.
0: Sorry, just another Natalie draws the line. I'm like, Guys, <laughs> secure lines of communications, please. Um uh, so much violence. I definitely think, Tom, you were saying that, you know, I definitely felt like, wow, there's so little blood here, particularly at that in that last scene on the bridge, where Vin Diesel is using the cable that's holding the 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 vault to mm-hmm. the um uh to the car, and he's using it to like slice the tops off police cars, like cans of beans or something. Hmm. You don't see anyone's head go flying or blood splattering. <laughs> like, nobody's ducking. <laughs> also, in the end, when the bad guy falls out because, you know, his car has been smashed into by another car, but somehow he survives that to to crawl out onto the ground and go, please help me, and the rock just shoots him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's for my team. Um, literally just executes him in the street. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, I guess, fairly accurate way of, of, of a fairly accurate portrayal of, of American foreign policy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <'cause> the, <laughs> just some extrajudicial <laughs> killings, it's fine. The plan was to rip the guy off, not execute him. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: right. Yeah. <laughs> but The Rock is just in going, bam. Um, and, uh, oh God, why did I bring that up? Uh, but, yes, to me it did seem a very bloodless movie for for the destruction. But I will say, just talking about the, that vault chase, uh, Tom, I feel for some reason it gave me um, GoldenEye vibes with the tank.
2: Oh, yes. <laughs> the yeah, whole, it's like, sort of the whole a of careful destruction.
0: Yes, yes, and they go through a bank and they go through, you know. So it, I, I, may, I think that was maybe the good vibes I was getting from it. I was mm. like, this reminds me of Pierce Brosnan in that tank, which is still one of my favourite Bond sequences uh, of yeah, all time. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, And then I think the finally, there was a few times in this movie when Vin Diesel's voice just got really weird. I mean, weirder
1: than usual or?
0: I don't know. It's when Brian says, do you remember anything about your father? (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember shit about my father. And he's like, I remember everything about my father. He would be out every day in the shop and then every night helping Mia with her home. He just affected this odd, my father. My father. He,
1: he turned know. into a mid 60s Shakespearean actor? What
0: are, what are the, it just seemed because re- most of the time he's like, Hey, are you staying for dinner? Good, because you're saying grace. And I don't mm. open my mouth when I speak. And then there'd just be <laughs> these weird times when you go, Oh, my father. Like, I don't, I can't describe. I think you would just have to go back and watch hmm. it and go, What is Natalie on about?
1: I did not clock that, but I'll go back and watch it. Yeah, that's just, that's interesting. It just
0: seemed to get more weirdly. It's like he went, I'm doing intimate character acting now. This is a scene about character progression and just recalling that, you know, I had such a wonderful father growing up and I'm sure he'd be very proud of me as I'm on the run as an international criminal stealing cars and I'm sure that's what he wanted. Um, (laughs) I'm
1: sure that's what he would have wanted.
0: (laughs) Working in his shop, helping his kids with their homework Making them go to church and have barbecue afterwards. Like I'm sure that's the kind of life he would have really wanted for his kids—one <laughs> of international, um, uh, Interpol wanted criminality. Uh, but it was—it's like he's gone. No, I'm acting. I'm I'm acting now. So I need to just sort of make my voice. We- I can't do it. I'm doing a very poor impression. That's why it's that's why it's become like, eh, hello, um,
2: <laughs>
0: just all. That's all I'm saying. And, and they're the notes that I have at the moment. I have a, a whole iPad full of other notes that I took while watching the film. But Stu, right. time for you to do your minute challenge. To,
1: to, to get into my car and and go for the quarter mile. Okay. Um. So the first thing on my list was uh, everyone would have died in that bus rescue. Um. That thing flipped like 15 <laughs> times. I'm sorry. Like, that's where I draw the line. And I, I love, I love, I genuinely, I genuinely unironically love that they went out of their way to put, like, a news car on, on there saying, miraculously, no one was hurt.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh,
2: just, just to encourage you not to take it too seriously, I see yeah. you guys both watch Parks and Rec. Oh, yes, absolutely. That's, I, that's um, PURD. Unfortunately, that's, heard I, I, As the news anchor, Jay Jackson. It
1: is, it is. I saw him.
0: I'm like, that's oh, <laughs> Yes. I actually have not seen Parks and Red. I'm very sorry. I'll wrap uh, it. Oh, you'd that. love it, yeah. I'm sure I would. I, start I, I start with season so. two.
2: That's the that's the. the know, season one's only six episodes. You may as well flog through it. Well, that's true. Get
1: get the context for why for why everything else following is really good exactly. and that's really bad. Um, <laughs> Do you know, the, um, I
0: was just having this. I was having this conversation um, with a friend of the the pod, Dan from the Smart Enough to Know Better pod, because because uh, Dan and I are doing a little bit of writing uh, at the moment. For a, for a project um, and it's uh, TV related. Don't get too excited, but, you know, who look, I don't know. Anyway, we're doing some writing for this for this project and um, sort of realising, <laughs> I was like, I wonder if this is the reason why because there's so many notes, like you get so many notes and like, oh, you need to incorporate this and it's got to have this and it's got to have this and and do this and it's got to do this and it's got to do this and everyone's got notes. And I'm thinking, is that why maybe first seasons of things, aren't um like so many shows have oh get through season one and then it gets really good like is it is it that shows need a season because everyone's got notes and then once it kind of goes oh you know what it's fine and we'll give you another season then they can go cool let's let's now try and do more of our own stuff without all the notes (laughs)
1: you're <laughs> I, I certainly think so. And I, th- I think it's also why a lot of people lament the, the the streaming era that we're currently in because stuff doesn't get a second season. If, if enough people don't watch it in the first, like, 48 hours, uh, you don't get a second season anymore.
2: I think it's also what happened kind of by accident on The Office was that uh, they, like, hired – uh, people they liked to fill out some of the smaller roles and then discovered that uh, actually they were really funny and started designing whole scenes and eventually whole storylines around them. And with Parks and Rec, they kind of made that the goal from the beginning. Mm. Uh, so they hired people they thought were funny and without really kind of knowing who the cast of characters was going to be, but thought, well, we like you, we'll write something around you. And it just takes a little while for that alchemy to work its magic, for the writers to figure out who the performers are, for the performers to figure out what they're being given by the writers. And it, yeah, it can take half a dozen episodes. But the, the, what happened to Parks and Rec, because I think it was a writer's strike, is that first season was curtailed. And so then they were able to look back on the six episodes they had, actually make some plans about how they were going to make the best use of the resources at their disposal. And then they really hit the ground running with season two.
0: Isn't that interesting? Cause I yeah I really I really feel like, you know, to get anything made I think must be the hardest thing in the world. So you know, and, and we've talked about this before with previous incarnations of, uh, of Doctor Who, say, uh, and how difficult you know writing seems to be able seems seems to be. But yes, it's, it's for some um, people for some people. But <laughs> it's, Some people who are given a lot more responsibility than they should be. Um, And uh, yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm really intrigued by this idea of, is it just to get the thing on, you have to kind of curb a lot of your ambition and then you can think about it. But but you're right, Stu, like things need a while to settle in and feel good. And we all remember the first series of The Simpsons where it's sort of not as ironic or self-referential and. It's Homer's voice is weird the, and, the animation
1: is all strange and, and yeah. All that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. A,
0: and you watch it now going, I, I feel weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, if it was on Netflix now, it'd probably just get cut and not, you know, which is sad. But um, anyway, Stu, over to you for the your- The next
1: item on my list is, uh, I, we, we've talked about him a lot, but I just sort of wrote down, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is here and I'm very happy that he's arrived. Um, he gets, uh, as we said, he gets. He basically gets. He almost gets a wrestling entrance in in this movie. Like you yeah. can almost hear his theme music playing as he walks down the ramp. <laughs> yeah, um, it's great. It's great. He 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 is the secret source it. of the next few movies. It's it's really really good. Um, the, on, on top of that, the next thing I wrote down was the gang's all here. We talked to we talked about how, uh, you know, that this movie basically brings everyone back that it can, um, and I think that's really interesting because it's sort of it decided. Everything everything is canon, like we're not going to ignore because you know, like, you know, you could have easily, you know, sidelined Tyrese and, and and Ludacris, but instead they were like, no, bring them in. Like, like they're perfectly fine actors, everyone likes working with them. Bring them in. Like everything's canon. Where we're gonna we're gonna just acknowledge everything that happened and the more the merrier. And and that's something that I really love about this movie in particular, and also the franchise as it goes forward from here. Where it's literally just yeah sure the more the merrier like bring bring people in like keep keep adding them it's fine there's never too many characters. <laughs>
0: and um, who were the other two guys? Well, I can't remember if they were in another movie. The two like Spanish speaking ones. They
1: were. I, I keep. I, I keep. Do you, do you know Tom? Because were they in another movie previously? They were in four, weren't they?
2: I think they were introduced in four, yeah. And, yeah, you you watch this and you think, well, they're clearly going to be part of the gang going forward. I don't think they're in any subsequent movies. I didn't remember that they were in this one. I don't think they're in any any later ones. Uh, Santos and Leo, they're called. Sorry? Santos and Leo. Santos
0: and Leo. They seem to be explosives and a lot of talk about negativity. Like one of them them's constantly berating the other for being – overly negative because the first one is just kind of a bit of a douche and is a risk taker. And the other one's like, stop taking risks and doing stupid things. And he's like, ah, you're negative, bro. That seems sort of seemed to be their shtick through the movie.
1: Um, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. And 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 quite rightly they get uh they do get dropped <laughs> in future movies. <laughs> They're like, yeah, oh, we we don't need everyone. Um the next item on my list was uh the Vault Heist, um, which is a really, really just Phenomenal set piece action spectacular. Like it really, really is. And what what's so what's so amazing about it, and I don't know whether you realized this as you were watching it, Nat, but a very large percentage of that whole sequence is practical. It's not a it's not like there are obviously moments where you know it's sort of flipping through the air and that sort of thing, and it's in the CGI, but they built a bunch of different real vaults and then yeah. towed them behind cars. I, and crash them into buildings. It was yeah.
0: I definitely would believe that that they had a set or something, and they you know drove around smashing smashing it up, uh, and and the vault was probably had little sparks on it to make it look like it was. But I mean, they had they had to have built a fairly heavy thing because they needed the physics. Well, they, a they
1: built a couple of different time- ones, yeah.
2: Yeah, a lot of the time there's like a van inside mm-hmm. the tank, yeah. and someone is driving the tank to make sure it goes where it's supposed to go. <laughs>
0: Inside the tank or inside the vault?
2: Inside, right, inside the inside the vault. Someone is driving the vault. Yes. So even the oh, vault wow. is a
0: car. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, but, I, I mean, I just love, like, it's cheesy, but I love the fact that it's Dom and Brian and they're, you know, brothers now and they're the two driving, yeah. you know, the, the vault around and, uh, you know.
2: Because it had to be did the uh, Did the movie get you, Nat?
0: In, in what sense?
2: Did you see the switch coming? Oh, Did you know that, um, wasn't, that wasn't the same vault?
0: So in the first time, I I don't know that I got it. Um, but in the second time I watched it, I realized that she said, you've got a 10-second window, make it count. Yep. Uh, and I remember thinking in the first time, I was like, what does that mean? Because it just kind of keeps going. Um, but as soon as, like, the rock... When they, you know, they have their final confrontation with with Hobbs on the bridge, and he's like, "You've got twenty four hours, but the money stays." And they're like, "Okay, then we'll leave."
2: Um, and it's not one of those things you just ha- kind of have to let slide. You know, they're they're stuck out in this remote hideout somewhere in Brazil, yeah. uh, but they're able to, I don't know, go on eBay and just order a duplicate safe. Yes, <laughs> you just go on the internet to safes to you or so safes a lot, and just like,
0: tickle vault just
2: to them because that's a thing that can happen.
1: They, they really have a quite a quite a significant and robust logistic supply chain. <laughs> this,
0: this is my other question to you both. And I didn't put this in a challenge. I have it in my other notes. How do they afford to do this job <laughs> in the first place? Because, like, literally, the whole point of the start of the movie was Vince, Dom's friend, going, Hey, you need to do this job with me. Looks like you could use a payday. And so Brian and Mia take on this job of of the of the train one mm. with the with the wacky cars being pulled sideways and driving down into the desert, etc., etc. So they take on this job, which turns out they get betrayed because it's being run by Reyes, the bad guy and his men. Uh, so they don't end up with any money from that. And they just end up being persecuted by Hobbs, who thinks they killed the DEA agents, but they didn't. Um so then Dom's there. So they're running away. They have a big chase through the favelas. They're doing parkour everywhere. Everyone's very good at parkour. <laughs> and- except, except
1: for Vindy, except for uh, The Rock, who literally just runs through yeah. the
0: <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, and then somehow they're like, okay, well, we're going to need a team. And so then they just put the call out and everyone's like, yep, okay, we'll come over. Like there's no, like who's paying for their flights in? Are they paying for themselves? Or <laughs> they've been told- this is what I'm saying. Like, like, it's, like,
1: it's like everyone has leveled up to the level of like international cartel chief. It's insane.
0: Yeah. They, they've got all this. They, they, okay. They win the cars in the races. Okay. I get that. They win in cars. They're stealing cars. Sure. But then they've got complex camera systems. Who's paying the rent on the big warehouse? When I was going to say, they up? also have
1: access to this warehouse like network.
0: Yeah. they <laughs> like no one in the neighborhood has reported back to Reyes to go hey you know that big warehouse down on 57th street <laughs> cars all night just yeah, guys out. just dr-
1: drifting cars around <laughs> this course
0: car- like oh we can't sleep you might want to send a guy down there just take a look cuz there's ca- <laughs> like <ooh. laughs> certainly v8s i mean the there's 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 fumes coming out of there no one no one thinks you know they somehow they're hiding out with multiple cars, huge amounts of technology, and a fully functioning barbecue pit, um, <laughs> <laughs> where do they get all this money from? And then they—they're going to get a hundred million dollars, and then be like, "Okay, well, but by the time we figured out costs, everyone, um, we're all getting about five hundred each." Um, anyway. <laughs> They're just all like super. Uh, so rich.
2: The, uh, the the scene that's missing, obviously, is uh, the one where they they go to uh, the bank for a loan and have to kind of uh, <laughs> sit out what the what the plan is and uh, what the expected return is and what the yeah. risks are and uh, uh, <laughs> what collateral <laughs> they're putting up. And uh, uh, I can't understand why that scene was missed. I was all you'd have to do is just stage that uh, in one of those banks uh, that you know falls out of aeroplanes mm. uh, and. Uh, <laughs> (laughs) Uh, and then have them negotiate the terms of the loan as they're plummeting towards the earth. (laughs) That's fine.
0: (laughs) But, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, you need resources to do a big heist like that, but obviously everyone's decided to pitch in. But then they must be, you know, Dom and Brian are like, it's like an MLM. It's like, okay, so you just need to cover our share, but we guarantee a huge rate of return at the end of this uh, shenanigans.
1: (laughs) 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 So the next item on my list was uh, a new romance for Dom. Oh, Wait. Uh, because this movie sets up a new love interest in uh, Elsa Patake uh, shows up, uh, Mrs. Hemsworth herself, uh, and um, then immediately undercuts it at the end of the movie by saying that Letty's
0: alive. (gasps) I mean, what is going to happen there? That is, What's going to happen? I mean, that's quite the love triangle because clearly he spells out to her by covering, surprising her in her own home and um, wrestling a gun off her and holding her against the wall with his hand (laughs) over her mouth. Like all good first dates, um, he he expresses to how much he valued Letty and I didn't think anyone else would know how special she was, but you do (laughs) because you also lost someone special. Ergo, we should bone. Um, (laughs) It's very chaste though. It's a very chaste. Extremely chaste. Franchise.
1: I I wonder if they did that specifically because they knew they'd bring Letty back so they can't have him go all in on – Elena, if that makes sense, like they're you know, like, up
0: together at the very end, holding hands in the same car.
1: Yeah, I mean I, th- that's what I mean. But it's it's again this franchise. Weirdly, is very chaste when it comes to that sort of thing. Like you I don't mean, get you get a lot of you get a lot of eye candy, but when it comes to actual romantic like interaction, it's very it's very sort of oh yes, and and they ho- they held hands. Um. So yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs>
0: I mean, I don't even know how Mia got pregnant because all she and Brian do is <laughs> sort of cuddle occasionally. It's sort of a, sort of a cuddling relationship. Um, yeah, very chaste, very chaste. <laughs> um, uh, apart from Gal Godot like pashing Han in the front seat of his car.
1: Sure, exactly. But, but, but again, even like, that, yeah. even
0: that, even that, it's like, no, he's getting a boner for the car. No, <laughs> <really>. <laughs> Like he's kissing her, but it's, it's about being in the car. It's like about the car, yeah. It's about the car, you know. It's not about her because if he was focused on her, he'd like break, and, you know, focus <laughs> on her. He's like, no, 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 you just keep kissing me while I think yeah, about well. how hot this car is. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment. Like if you're into cars to that level, you do you, but don't string Galgadot along, you know. <laughs> Don't string her along and let her think that you have a future together. Maybe that's what happened, and that's why she's not in Tokyo Drift.
1: Maybe, maybe because it was she realised that
0: it was, you know, she, he just he was like, she was like, "Can we just, you know, have sex in a bed?" And he's like, "No, no, no, quickly, let's go back out to the car. <laughs>
1: <And> drive her out <around laughs> the field."
0: I'd just like to maybe try a regular kind of location. No, 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 no. We're going to go down to the racetrack, and I'm going to do laps. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, now I'm painting all sorts of terrible visuals in my head. Um, I liked Elsa Pataki's character, though, Elena. It was like, I don't know. In terms of introducing a new love interest kind of thing, it was... was, Yeah, there there
1: are worse things to do and she's fine. Like, like she's totally fine in the movie. It's great.
0: And it's a nice, you know, the the interactions that she has with Vin Diesel seem to be a nice level of um, first they lock eyes and then she notices he's wearing a cross and then... And then he saves her from fire in the favela, like a gunfire. He sort of pulls her out of the way and and then she finds his necklace after that and then she wears it and then he creeps up on her in her own house because um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, somehow he figured out where she lived and uh, other things. I had, a, I had a lot of those moments of like how do they know where they are like they seem to know how to find each other and they don't have mobile phones or yes. earlier in the film <laughs> anyway i shouldn't think too much about it Stu, carry on uh, sorry
1: the, and then the last thing the last thing that on my list is uh, we we've talked about it already but han is still with us so we're we're still we're still in a han a han universe um so he's <laughs> he's still universe. with us we we keep we're keeping an eye on han
0: um i had a question just about the um end conversation where? Which one? I, th- I think I figured it out. But for a while I was getting confused because Brian and Dom are driving and they're, they're on the bridge and and uh, the cops are all following them and they're like, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. We've got to cut loose. And Dom's like, no, you go, Brian. You go. And then he cuts Brian loose and then he flips the, the car around to kind of confront everyone else. And then when hmm. he's almost about to be shot by Reyes' man, Brian turns up and shoots him and says, well, I had to make a call, which is a call back to another line in the movie. But it's like, but if you both knew that vault was empty and if you both knew the cash was somewhere already safe, why did you have that conversation about sacrifice? Why didn't you both just cut loose and piss off and leave the vault and everyone would be if like, I'm oh. being, if, I'm, yeah.
1: <laughs> if I'm being extremely um, generous to the movie, I would say that even though they knew that the vault was empty, Rhea's men were still closing in on them and they were going to overtake them. So Dom was like, look, you've got a kid on the way. You you go and I'll hold them off, basically. Right. That was, okay. that was what he was sort of saying.
0: But they could have cut loose the vault and in their super-powered cars, they probably could have got away. Because they're really sure, good drivers. But, uh, but
1: like I think actually,
0: well, they, the, they
1: famously the more,
2: are. The more time elapses between... Uh, uh, Reyes, assuming he lives, because that was once again the original plan. Uh, discovering the vault is empty, hmm. the better. Uh, so if they just leave the vault, he finds it, he opens it, he discovers it's empty. Uh, then he's immediately on the top again. But Tom? if they escape with it,
0: yes, Tom, that's the that's it. You've solved it. <laughs> no, no, no. In, genuinely, that is a good reason. If they they need to kind of take it somewhere and dump it and dump it empty, so they might think ah. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, cool. Because I was like, why would they have this heartfelt conversation when they know that they're towing nothing? <laughs> 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 uh, Vince dies. He he comes in. He does they kill on Vince. Uh, he doesn't come back at all in the future. He's actually dead.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident in just saying, yeah, Vince is dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think we're going to see Vince again. Uh,
0: but I mean, you know, never say very, never
1: with this franchise. Never say never, but, yeah, that's right.
0: He's family, so he <laughs> he might turn up again. Or his son might turn up again, grow up real fast. Oh, <laughs> maybe. Hey, maybe. Yeah. I'm that, little that, Nico.
1: That, that, seems to, that seems to be how they're, like, introducing new characters now. So maybe, maybe. That's actually a really cra- crazy idea. Now I like that.
0: Well, this is 2011, and what's the the new one is coming out?
1: Like this, this year. Month, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: So, and Jason McCullough is yeah. in the new one?
1: Yep. Yes, he is.
0: <laughs> Has he been in one before?
1: Nope. Surprisingly, I mean, you would think he would have been, but yeah, no, he, this is his first I, time around.
0: I just realized I was like, oh my god, this is the franchise where big ass action stars end yes. up.
1: Yes, it's it's that's what it's become. Yeah, and this is the movie that started it because it's the rock like a, showed up.
0: It's like a graveyard, but I don't mean that is a graveyard's a wrong word because it implies everyone's like gone to die. But it's like no, it's like this special. Collection. It's like a. It's like there's a giant mutant living over. Yeah, the world because there's, there's
1: like super. There's superhero movies and specifically Marvel movies, which everyone sort of gets on board with. But yeah, this is different. This isn't a, This is even though they very much become basically superhero movies at one stage. <laughs> but you know, this is the the action franchise. And I, I and I wonder if it, it's interesting. And, and you mentioned before, Tom John Wick. Um, John Wick has sort of like honed in a little bit. It's slightly different. This, this this is sort of more of a, you know, action, you know, adventure sort of franchise, whereas John Wick is very much like, you know, fighty, shooty, gun, gun sort of thing, which is slightly different. But it's interesting that we now have two major action franchises that explicitly aren't superheroic. heroic. I think that's interesting.
2: Well, so John Wick has a very different attitude to its supporting cast. Every new John Wick film, it's like, uh, remember this guy? No, never seen him before in my entire life. <laughs> because everybody introduced in the last film was horribly murdered uh, so now you have to create a whole yes. new ensemble cast to survive this film or not
0: I um, yeah is, is I've never seen any of the John Wick films are they making more of them
2: uh, there's so 4 is definitely feels like an ending in the way that 1, 2 and 3 didn't but uh, but there is a TV series on the way, and so uh, then and who knows?
0: I'm sorry, what?
2: Yeah, there's Can a TV you... series on the way, set uh, we... in a different time period. Seventies? No, not with Canarys in the seventies. I think so. One of the one of the conceits, and this is turning into now the John Wick podcast. But <laughs> one of the conceits of the John Wick universe is that uh, this international cabal of assassins, who appear to be about seven or eight percent of the world's population. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> have this chain of hotels called The Continental, uh, which they can check into, where uh, no business can be conducted. Uh, and so there's a, a Netflix, I think it is, series called The Continental, which is coming soon.
0: Right. So it's in the world, but not Keanu Reeves.
2: Exactly. Yes.
0: Right. Okay.
2: Um, I, I yeah, if you're... I don't, I don't... If your appetite for uh, 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 actually, in this case, rather more spindly men, uh, but uh, uh, <laughs> crashing through windows, executing each other, and so on, uh, isn't slaked uh, by eleven Fast and Furious movies, uh, then yeah, four John Wick movies definitely pass the time very happily. Yes, yeah, so they, they they tone down the muscles and tone up the blood. Yes, okay. yes, this is a, a lot a lot bloodier.
0: Is it like poetic blood? Like the splatters are just it's kind it's, of like-
2: it's balletic, yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds fantastic. Maybe we yeah, should. John, do that. John
2: Wick's usual method of execution is to shoot you in the face and then shoot you in the face again, and then yes. shoot you twice in the back of the head just to make sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's not overkill, that's just the right amount of kill. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's the right amount of kill, yes. It's the Goldilocks kill. <laughs>
0: um it's just the 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 two in the face are just really for insult you know just just so you know what's happening before he does you in the back of the head just so you feel it and then yeah uh goodness me um well what else about this film have we not talked about the the i mean the thing is the cars i don't really know that much about but i do actually this might be a good time for me to bring up my text message from my brother Simon. Oh, excellent! Yes. Who, as you know, I've been going to for um, advice and guidance on the Fast and the Furious movies because he's a lifelong buff, and we will get him in one day. Now, this this unfortunately, he's been up at Noosa for the long weekend, uh, so he didn't really get my message, and I think he's just sent me a, a very quick, uh, you know, j- shot off a, a quick message just to, uh, you know, give me something. But he, he's not giving me the level of detail, unfortunately, including the cars. Uh, hey, sorry, just got home. Five is my favourite. They just got it all back together again. The crew head down to Brazil and rob a drug dealer. It's really well done. Good action and get the team back. Introduction of the rock is awesome. Sunglass emoji. Can't remember <laughs> much. I'm sorry. Haven't seen it in a while, but pretty sure it's my favourite besides the original.
1: <laughs> and that definitely seems to be the um, the, the general <laughs> consensus of... of- most fans i think this one this one is often held up as the the best of the franchise like i, I yeah. don't know that i i don't know that i necessarily agree but but it's it's definitely a great time of the movies like it's just so fun it's so it's so knowing but also not weirdly not ironic or self-referential
0: no it's, way it, it's yeah it's genuine in its in its delivery yes like i buy yeah. in and go yep Okay, it's this is super silly, yeah. but I buy in. Um, it, never,
1: it never winks at the audience, but it lets you know that it knows exactly what sort of movie it's making.
0: Yeah, it's like we are here to give you a good time. Yeah. And if you just buckle up, then you'll have a wild ride. <laughs> it's a car movie, so that's just a bit of a car, car joke from me. Um, yeah, the other I thing I noticed is, is
2: just looking at the the franchise as a whole. The other way in which this is a turning point is the first four films all run like a hundred minutes and change. Huh. Uh, they're like just over an hour and a half. Mm. Uh, this film is hundred and thirty minutes. Yes, two hours ten. No subsequent film is shorter.
0: Wow. Yeah.
2: And hey, the ninth you. film the one, right? is hundred and forty-three minutes. It
0: is. <laughs> I'm trying to do the maths. What's that? It's two knocking hours? on
2: the door for three hours. Yeah. Oh, and three you, you, you two hours. Are, uh, you are
1: feeling it by that point. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. 150 minutes would be two and a half hours.
0: Wow. So yeah, that's uh, yeah. What, <laughs> what did this do at the box office? Like, what numbers did this do? Oh,
2: Gangbusters! Uh, hang on. Um, yeah, i will just me, point yeah. that up. Uh, 626
1: million worldwide. The seventh highest, the seventh highest-grossing film of 2011. Weirdly.
0: Seventh um, highest, I would have and, thought,
1: uh, the highest-grossing film of the of the franchise up to that point, and it was immediately beaten by Fast and Furious Six.
0: What What were the higher films of that year? What did well, better let, than let let me have a look.
2: Harry yeah. Potter, Transformers, yeah. oh. uh, Pirates of the Caribbean? It's all the big franchises, Mission yeah. Impossible.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, because I was going to say there wasn't a James Bond film that year, so that was uh, twenty twelve with Skyfall, if my memory serves. Yeah. Do we have any bond updates, Tom, from your part of the world? Any No, news? it's
2: very quiet. It's uh, very quiet. Uh, I think uh, I think they they must be must be like talking to people or screen testing people by now. Uh, but uh, no, there's nothing definitive at all.
0: Do they still think they might be going for a younger Bond? Because Idris Elba is the only name I keep seeing kind of come up, but it's like he can't be. No,
2: you would never cast now. someone his age. No, you you want someone in their mid thirties. You, you want yeah. to be able to get five films out of them minimum.
0: Well, I, I see this this new film, not film series that started Citadel on Apple. Oh yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched it yet, uh, but it does have Rob Stark, Richard Madden, it's got Richard um, Madden, in it. yeah, and Priyanka, Priyanka Chopra Jonas. The, the oh one. yes. She's a very good-looking lady, um, being spies who don't have memories or something.
2: Oh, I saw something about this. I, I saw a, a YouTuber or a TikToker uh, briefly reviewing this and basically saying that it, it felt like uh, it, the screenplay had been written by an AI given the prompt, make something that will be you know, something like uh, exciting to most people and, and not in any way innovative or surprising. <laughs> oh, really?
0: Oh, that seems sad.
2: A lot, seem- of, a lot of people have come
1: for it with Bats because uh, it's made by the Russos uh, who directed oh, uh, yes. a lot of uh, Marvel movies um, and, yeah. and and also directed The Grey Man, which was very badly p- panned by critics. Yeah.
0: The Grey Man?
1: Which were like a spy movie uh, also on Netflix. So they have, they have like a development deal with Netflix where they're making oh, no. very generic spy thrillers. <laughs> yes.
0: I, I read a really brutal Guardian review of that movie Ghosted um, it's been all over my okay. Twitter. They're, they're advertising on Twitter. They must be trying to get Elon's favor. But there's just been ads on Twitter on my Twitter feed for ghosted, and it's like you've heard of girl meets guy. Now what about guy meets spy or something? And it's Chris <laughs> Evans, great, love him, always have, great guy. Anna de Armas. like fabulous, amazing. James Bond, No Time to Die, wonderful. And she's a spy, and he's like her date, and then he stalks her or something and finds out she's a spy. And oh no, adventures. Um, the the it sounded like a really interesting premise to me. I wasn't particularly kind of like captivated because I just it sort of saw it being advertised at me. But I thought, oh, that could be quite fun. And then I read this Guardian review, <laughs> which was absolutely blistering um in its in its takedown of it. And it was saying it was like, this is it's like the first movie written by an AI. it's got all these ingredients that should work you know you've got chris evans and anna de they've been on screen together before they've had chemistry but here it's just like nothing so i'm kind of intrigued to watch it because
1: yeah yeah. can, can it can it really be that bad
0: well yeah and and you know what is this strange new world that we're living in where you can kind of look at metrics and go well what's popular what's you know um what do we know people will watch past the first 15 minutes with and how do we structure a, a film or a series where we go, yep, this beat has to happen, This, you know, mathematizing the, the hmm. formula to, to an even, you know, more specific extent, um, you know, doesn't mean because, you know, the few times I've used sort of AI type writing things and gone write me a script about or write me a story about X and Y. It's come up with the most generic Jack and Jill w- wanted to be kings of the world and it, like literally childlike stories that don't often make a lot of sense. So I'm like, what's, yeah, where, it, where is it heading? Tom, you, you're in tune with your <laughs> stuff. Answer, riddle me this, Tom.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important to understand what these AI language models are and what they aren't. Uh, they don't understand the world. They're based on a technology whose job is to take a sentence and predict what the next word is likely to be and Mm. to keep doing that. There are a few things they're really good at. Uh, I don't know uh, whether your uh, need for forensic accounting extends to you being an Excel enthusiast. Uh, but if you have a, a, an Excel problem you're trying to solve, you can go to ChatGPT and say, write me uh, an Excel expression that will do this, and it will do it. Wow. And for that kind of thing, it is phenomenally useful because it will be able to take your plain language request and spit it back to you as uh, as a, an Excel expression. I've even seen somebody who was able to use ChatGPT to build an entire video game just by continuing to give it prompts. Oh wow!
0: What? And it keeps
2: How- spitting back code.
0: But doesn't it need art? And video games would need, or does it just build the structure under? And I see well,
1: well, everything's right? code in the end. So yeah, uh,
2: yeah, yeah. I didn't. It didn't design the graphics. Uh, the the, right. the the human trainer uh, supplied the graphics. <laughs> uh, but it was it was a Flappy Bird game. You know those those things, uh, okay. and it was able to to figure out. Uh, how to do crash detection and uh, uh, how how much uh, figure out the interaction with the, the game player and keep a high score table and so then when you want to add a feature, you just say, now I'd like to add a high score table. Uh, and it will say, right, here's the revised code.
0: Wow. Oh, that's clever. The most I've yeah. been able to do is go write a social media post about this show and then it will <laughs> just kind of spit out something generic that I can go, oh, okay, well, that's a good word. I'll use that word and kind of... It's almost like an ideas generator somewhat. Yeah. Um, but I haven't really used it for, I've used it just as an experiment for bits of writing, like write a story about this show or write a uh, blurb about this show, but if it if it doesn't really know what the show is, it's just kind of making it up. But yeah. when I've gone, write a social media post about uh, a theatre show happening at the Adelaide Fringe tonight, it kind of would spit out a, Get ready for fun at you know what I mean? Like it'll just it'll spit out something generic that you can go, oh, actually, this word like I remember I did one for speed, the movie The Play, our show on a set on a bus, uh, which we did just did at Adelaide French a few months ago, and it spat out one that used the word exhilarating. And I went, I've never used the word exhilarating in regards to this show. But yeah, I think it's pretty exhilarating. So I just kind of stole <laughs> that word and and went get ready for this exhilarating show so yeah it's interesting but it's the prompt thing that i don't know how to the, do yeah
1: the, the thing to it like it lives and dies by the prompt because if i if i'm if i remember correctly like most most ais work on like huge data sets like like they live and die by the quality of data that you put into them and so if you prompt it write a theater review it will just write a generic theater review but if you say write a theater review for this show in the adelaide fringe it'll go through its data set and find other reviews of shows in the Adelaide Fringe and write something in a similar style, if that makes sense.
0: Mm.
2: Or you but say, write me a, rev- uh, a review of the show in the style of Dorothy Parker.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, wow. uh, it can, it can It can look at the style and then sort of go, okay, well, this word will follow that word and that sort of thing, yeah.
0: But how do you capture, like, the sardonic, you know,
2: I mean, in my, in well, my don't. Opinion, he yeah, exactly. <laughs> It'll be a kind of thin pastiche, yeah. uh, but uh, you know, Nat, you and I have uh, lots of uh, improv shows under our belt. We're used to uh, palming off an audience with thin pastiches of uh, <laughs> far like, more talented people.
0: I was about to say that. Okay, sure. I was about to say. I was like, yeah, okay. Well, maybe that's rude to do to Dorothy Parker, but me, as sort of a hack um, <laughs> on the other side of the world. Maybe that works for me.
1: What, what is this giant GTP uh, AI experiment but a giant experiment in yes anding?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you didn't have thin pastiches of stuff, you would have no way to know what the real, thick, genuine article is. So, <laughs> you know, that's my defence and I'm sticking um, with
2: Speaking of which, uh, as the uh, uh, highfalutin book uh, Best Picture expert, I was introduced as. Uh, which Best Picture winning film has a scene which is homaged in this film? Oh.
0: Oh. Now my oh, first thought. Would, question. Would it be something like the, what's the Michael Caine one where they blow the bleeding doors off? I don't. <laughs> uh,
2: the uh, it's a lot of uh, connective tissue between the Italian Job and this, but the Italian Job Italian is not a film that won Best Picture.
0: No. Uh, okay. There's so, a car well, film. Is a car? F- what about Bullet Steve McQueen? Was Did not something?
2: win Best Picture, but you're much more in the right zone now. Oh. oh, is it? Is it The French Connection? The French Connection. There we go. Uh, famous I'm scene at gonna... uh, the end of The French Connection where they're taking the car apart in order to find where they've hidden the drugs, and basically the same scene is done looking for the chip uh, in oh, this film. Wow. Ah. They're so similar. It must be. It must have been an homage. It must have been deliberate.
0: I have never seen The French Connection. Terribly good um, film. Yeah, I think I always get it confused with the French Lieutenant's Woman.
2: <laughs> also <laughs> a good film, but uh very, very different. very different. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't sit down expecting one and be happy to get the other.
0: I just don't know that I've ever seen either of them because I'm confused as to which one is <laughs> 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 what else has been happening in the world of films, Tom? What else can you Tell us from your perspective. Oh, on. Gosh,
2: it's sort of this fallow period because the Oscars is behind us. Uh, mm. We're not quite into the summer blockbusters yet. So this is the time when, when films just get uh, dumped. I did see for the first time the Three Colours trilogy, which I'd never oh. seen before. Oh, uh, and I, seen uh, the, uh, the, the Curzon in Soho uh, showed all three for one ticket. Uh, so, um, that was, uh, that was quite the afternoon at the movies and they are all fascinating. I didn't think any of them was a stone cold masterpiece, but they're all incredibly interesting and very well made.
0: What are they about?
2: They're three little dramas. And depending on who you ask, Christoph Kieslowski initially said that they were themed around the three colours of the French flag and the three French ideals of Liberté, Galaté, Fraternité. But he did also later say, I had to say that because the money was coming from France. <laughs> uh, and to be honest with you, I could probably make a case for any one of them being about Liberté, égalité, or Fraternité. <laughs> uh, but they are, they're, they're, they're these little personal dramas one about a bereaved wife of a famous musician, one about a man whose marriage ends and he goes back to his home country. And one of the most sort of confounding one of all is about the weird relationship between a young woman and a retired judge who is spying on his neighbours. They have very little that connects them, only a few little sort of moments here and there, but uh, three fantastic female lead performances, uh, some beautiful cinematography, some wonderful moments. Like I said, I I was sort of left with more questions than answers. But they've really lived with me since seeing them. So that was that was what was going on for me in movies, even though that's going back twenty odd years.
0: I, I think we're approaching thirty years now, Tom. Oh God! I don't want to disturb you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I think they're early nineties.
1: I think you're just right, a, actually. Yes. Just drop yeah, some existential threat yeah. on you there. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So I would love to watch them because, uh, yeah, like, like I remember when they first were, were coming out, and 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 obviously they they have such a outsized role in like. French and, and art cinema and, and world cinema. like, like they're, they're, they're quite iconic. They're, they're one of those ones that I've never got around to. I, I mean, you would say that they're worth sort of tracking down if you're into that sort
2: of Definitely, thing. Definitely, yeah,
0: 100%. What else is happening in the world of TV, film, cinema? What's, what's happening? What's the new, you know, we're not getting House of the Dragons for another year or so, but is there anything big on the horizon? No, we're, we're getting we're, another we're, Marvel. Wait, we're
1: waiting for the Doctor Who 60th later this year. That's going to be exciting.
0: That will be quite fun. Uh, David Tennant's back for that one, isn't it? That's
2: right, yes. Are they
0: bringing Shootie Gatwa into that one, or is that just the big question? Like, we don't know. That's
2: the big question. Uh, It seems to be the case that because Jodie Whittaker's 13th Doctor regenerated into what we're apparently supposed to call David Tennant's 14th Doctor, Hmm. there'll be at least an entire episode and maybe it'll be all three specials centering on him and Shootie Gatwa only appearing at the end and then having his – whole full season next year, but nobody knows at the moment. But then we have seen him in, him and his new companion in costume. So, I mean. Yes, all, they must be of, shooting his stuff at the moment. They're yeah. shooting
1: his stuff. So, I mean, who knows? Who knows?
0: They've, yeah, they've been in some fun costumes. I saw it's, one they, great they looked like 60s mods or something. With he, he was in like a pinstripe navy and white suit and she's in kind of a mod jacket and very trendy, very hip. Cool with the kids. Kids love <laughs> Uh Well, I just did a Doctor Who fan event with Janet Fielding. And Jason Hague Ellery from the Big Finish Productions, who obviously knows something about what's happening because he has to manage audio adventures, but is so good at his job of not saying anything. Like you could not get the man was, the man was the vault from Fast and the Furious. You <laughs> could drive him around the streets and he would not say him into buildings. Anything. So he, yeah, he was absolutely, it's just like, it's, he, he's, he talked about, I didn't realize Russell T Davies, apparently very tall man, very imposing man. And like he's been on set and they were watching something and Russell T Davies says, I know you've got friends, I know you've got family, but you say nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And so I went fair. I would also say nothing if uh, I was threatened by Russell T Davies. So it's it's funny everything old is new again, like that he's come back to – take custody of of the season it's
2: really bizarre i can't think of a single similar case in 30 years of prestige television it's extraordinary usually when people go they're gone yeah and i don't think
1: we've had the chance to pick your brain about this tom because you obviously join us a lot for our doctor who um deep dives what do you make of the whole disney plus thing do you think that's a good thing especially as as a brit like because over here over here we we don't get it on the abc anymore um, it, oh, it, goes right. off, it goes off the ABC and onto Disney Plus, so you have to subscribe to watch Doctor Who now. Whereas previously we got it for free. You guys are still getting it on the BBC, but what do you make of the whole international deal sort of thing?
2: I mean, if there's an extra source of cash, it, it, it feels like it fits on Disney Plus mm. next to like all the um, animation on the one hand and all the Star Wars on the other. It sort of fits <laughs> in between those quite neatly. Uh, so I, I get it. Uh, the question, of course, is going to be how much. Oversight will they have? And I, I uh, would be surprised if of all people, Russell T. Davies would voluntarily do a deal which was going to tie his hands behind his back. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, in fact, fact, yeah, sorry. Well, because this is now being made as a uh, with, with yeah money from Disney+, Plus, but it's being made by an outside production company for the first time, a production company, exactly. Bad Wolf, which Russell owns, yes. I think this is... Very much a power grab, not a power seed. <laughs> yes, absolutely.
1: <laughs> this, is, this is Russell saying, no, let's just make sure that we can keep making this show for as long as we can.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's really fascinating. It'd be interesting to be a fly on the wall for what's happening. Does he have all the same people? Because I saw, I think, Murray Gold is coming back. Murray Gold is coming back. back,
2: yeah, that's right. Which is exciting. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of the same people he's, he's gathering around him once more uh so yeah uh it'll be it'll be very very interesting to see what happens and the question is is he going to be able to bring back all the things that we missed when they went away without it feeling stale is he still going Mm -hmm. to be able to make it feel as as fresh as it did when it first came back in 2005
0: how long was the original series on before so it was like 20 something 26
2: years years, yeah
0: and we're at what are we at? We're at approaching coming up to
2: sixty.
0: No, 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 sorry. I since it came back in two thousand five. Oh, well,
2: there hasn't been a series every single year. There's, there's no, there hasn't been a calendar year with no episodes, but sometimes there's been literally just a Christmas special. Uh, so this will be the fourteenth season, and uh, coming up for the, the, will this be the the eighteenth year? Yeah, since from, from two
1: thousand five to to today. So yeah, so. Twenty twenty five will be count. Yeah, exactly. But it's so twenty twenty five will be twenty years.
0: Yeah. yeah. But that's I mean, that's getting close to then being on air for as long as it almost was the first time. Like we're
1: sort of. Yeah, people yeah. do make those comparisons that they, yeah. they say, you know, like it's it's the, the length between like, you know, an unearthly child and, and earthly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> you just said names of episodes that I don't <laughs> <laughs> I am absolutely hundred percent sure that you're right. Uh, <laughs> so yes, it was uh it was good to learn a little bit more about classic who with Janet and uh, Janet Fielding and her time on the show. And really very cool to have Brisbane where Stu and I are as the only Australian companion they've ever had from Brisbane. It our- was
2: abandoned at the time that the reason for the producer casting an Australian, apart from just wanting to get away from why does everybody in Doctor Who sound like they come from the home counties of England, uh, was in the hope of attracting a co-production deal with an Australian broadcaster. All oh, right. Oh, that wow. I don't think ever materialised. I think okay. maybe they put in a bit of money for uh, The Five Doctors, but that was it.
0: There you go. Well, it's yeah, it's definitely a because there haven't been that many non-English companions. Have there been a couple of Americans, maybe or no? So yeah,
2: Perry was American. Yes. Jamie McCrimmon was Scottish. Uh, he may or may not count as English depending <laughs> on <laughs> your, your geographic abilities. Um, yeah, other than that, no, they've they've tended to be very oh, very Jack, British.
0: Captain Jack. Yeah, oh, yeah, Captain he's American.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean he's, from, he's uh, from the 51st century, so yes. Uh,
0: uh, and John yeah. Barrowman
2: is is uh, half Scottish, half American. Ah,
0: but it's like it's definitely quite a, an oddity that we have this, you know, Brisbane, Brisbane's own companion. Like it's very yeah. cool in its own little way that we have this little tie to. Uh, and she only apparently ragged on Brisbane once. That's what we <laughs> out. Because someone was just like, when you were ragging on on Brisbane, she's like, no, it was just one scene. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one reference that they threw in about Brisbane having bad nightlife. And, and Janet said, and it was at the time. It was, it was, <laughs> it was the
1: early 80s. She was right. <laughs>
0: it's not bad now. <laughs> um, although some, I think someone said, nah, it's still pretty pretty terrible. <laughs> I should wrap this up. <laughs> Tom, thank you so much for being with us. Really appreciate it, as always. Stew, thank you so much for, as always, being your wonderful self. If you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, there are no more blue hashtags, but we're still there. Blue hashtags, blue check mark At uh, Tom Zielinski, with a Y. At uh, Disco Stew, uh, you can spell that. And at Girl Clumsy, uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, please send us any tweets, information, questions, comments. Are very welcome. Uh, Facebook.com slash Natalie's Throne is the Facebook page. And, of course, the biggest thanks to my patrons, patreon.com slash girlclumsy. Thank you so much for all of your time and patience. I really do appreciate you. You know that. I tell you what time Thank you so much. Um, we will be back with Furious 6. Is that the next one, Stu?
1: Uh, the next one is Fast and Furious 6.
0: Okay, so they. If you can
1: believe it, this one was Fast Five, Fast and Furious Six. The naming conventions, as we've mentioned before, (laughs) make no sense whatsoever.
0: Well, we will be back in the future with Fast and Furious Six, Uh, but until then, as we always like to say, uh, this podcast is all about family. 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 (laughs) Thank you, everyone. See you soon.
2: Bye. Bye.